This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Lawler has always been attracted to listening to and sharing stories. As she worked through her time in college, Ava found her voice not only in the writing that she did, but in helping to edit and work with other writers. She took this passion into her job at Our Sunday Visitor, where by chance she found herself working behind the scenes at Radiant Magazine. Now, Ava is the editor of this online publication working with women all over the United States to share their stories and perspectives on topics such as God's love, femininity, and beyond. In this episode, Ava and I talk about her love of stories, how she became the editor of Radiant Magazine, and her conviction in the fact that everyone has a story to tell, even you. Hi, Ava. Hello. How are you? Doing well. I know you're a few hours before me, so it's morning for you. It's afternoon for me. That's right. I know. I come to you from the past, as I always tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. I was wondering, maybe to start off, if you could share with listeners who you are and what you do right now. Of course. Well, first of all, just thank you for having me on. This is very exciting. Just an honor for me to, you know, get to talk with you and hopefully speak to some of your listeners. So my name's Ava Lawler. I am a young adult Catholic in the Midwest here in the United States. I grew up in Illinois, went to school in Iowa, ended up in Indiana. So my joke is I can only live in states that start with the I. I don't know what that is, but it's what God's led me to. So I work as an editor for our Sunday Visitor and Radiant Magazine, which I know we'll talk about later. And yeah, I just have a heart for helping people tell their stories, share what God has done for them. And yeah, I'm just really grateful to be here today. Wonderful. I'd love to hear a little bit of your faith journey and how you came to know Jesus in the way that you do now. For sure. So I grew up cradle Catholic, beautiful Catholic family. Both my parents have been practicing my whole life. and. My dad's a theology teacher at one of the local Catholic high schools near where I grew up. My mom has always been involved in retreats and music ministry at our parish. Um, So the faith was always just very present. I do not have a very questioning personality. I accept what is given to me, and I'm grateful for that because I've never really doubted the truth of the faith. I've never doubted that God exists, that he loves me, that he's good. None of that. True, I've had, you know, times in my life where it has been as easy to believe it, but that truth has always been there. Mm -hmm. But it really wasn't until high school and college and even more recently that it's really sunk in Mm -hmm. and become Mm -hmm. such a present reality in my life. In high school, I started getting involved in our youth group at my parish. I was a very shy kid for most of my life, but going to youth group, a lot of the people there just helped draw me out of myself. Um, just with the community, seeing other people who were living the faith that were my peers who loved God and wanted other people to love him as well. It was just so beautiful and inviting. So I really invested in that community and helping other people to experience the love of God that I knew existed and had felt in my life, even if it was just like that present knowledge. I went to a Catholic college. I knew that I wanted to have that present community. 
throughout those four years that are so fundamental. And so I really thrived in the Catholic community at Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa, smaller liberal arts college there. And over those years, I grew a lot. Again, mm-hmm. this Catholic community, this group of friends that I found really helped me come out of myself. And the people who really drew me outside of myself were those that I were able to have really, really good, deep conversations about God and truth mm-hmm. and beauty and goodness, and all of that. All of this was really good, but I think my relationship with God really started to hit its stride going into my sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. I had done a summer of missionary work in my diocese for a program called Totus Tuus. A lot of college students will sign up to do this in their diocese where they travel from parish to parish, hosting kind of like a vacation Bible school for all the grade school and high school kids. And I had done it the previous summer and I was doing it again. And both summers were amazing. But what really helped me just go to the next level with my relationship with God was the house that we would stay at on the weekends. It was a a house that hosted missionaries at a university in the diocese. And in the bathroom at the woman's house was this prayer called Be Satisfied With Me. That's attributed to St. Anthony of Padua. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he actually wrote it, I can't seem to find any like <laughs> evidence or anything, and it's very much disputed. But either way, I found this prayer, and it just spoke to me immediately that our hearts are designed to be satisfied with God alone. Yes, we can experience happiness here on earth. Yes, our relationships with other people are good and beautiful, but they are meant to draw us to God. Mm. Like God is the end goal above anything else. So I found this prayer and I started praying it every day. And I've pretty much prayed this prayer since that time, which is like five, six, seven years. I don't even know how many years it's been since then, but this is one of those prayers that I've just taken to heart and made part of my daily life because it speaks Mm -hmm. to me. And so that was really a, a big moment in my faith journey of the Lord just calling me deeper and being like, I want you to know that above all, I can satisfy you that you are created with a desire for me above everything else. Now, whether or not I lived that well is completely different, <laughs> yep. but at least I've, I got to this point where I realized, okay, this is how I need to shift my mindset. So I think my college years was really um, a discovery of that in deeper and deeper ways. Whenever I look back on my faith journey, I just see how cyclical it is of like, I think I get it and then I don't. I think I get it and then I don't. It's just learning over and over again, the same lesson, deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel like a lot of my journey with God was just like this dance of him drawing me closer and closer to him and helping me realize over and over again and deeper and deeper that as much as I want and need to invest in my earthly relationships, it doesn't matter unless he's the center of them. It's not going to truly satisfy me if I'm making idols out of these other relationships, no matter how good they are, because they're not God. They're not who my heart was created to love for eternity. And so that was really, again, the cycle of learning over and over and over again. And even post-college, really having to struggle and learn that on repeat every day, every year, however long it's going to take, which will be the rest of my life. That's really the summation of my my faith journey is just the Lord calling me closer and closer to this 
truth that he alone can satisfy, that everything else needs to be oriented with him in the center. Yes, there's so many things such as like really good relationships, but they're never enough unless God is at the center of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what a beautiful metaphor that you use as well, like just how it's a dance, right? Like it takes two people to really come together and trust one another to make that dance maybe not clunky or awkward and as graceful as it should be. But like you're saying how God continues to draw you deeper and deeper. And I think that obviously our faith, our love for God and the way that God loves us, it really is a mystery and it's a paradox so different from what the world gives us. And like you're saying, you know, we get it and we think that, okay, I've got a handle on this God thing. And then suddenly we're kind of knocked down a peg and it's not out of spite from him or it's not because he needs to like keep us down, but it's because we sometimes get ahead of ourselves. So I really appreciate how you've described it. And, you know, it's just a good reminder, I think for me and and I know for listeners as well, that this is something that, as you're saying, we're going to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out and it can be frightening, but at the same time, it's extraordinarily beautiful that he wants to journey through this with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think something that I realized recently, I think pretty much in the last year is just like how little of my life has happened so far. And I'm not even just talking about my earthly life. I'm talking about like eternity. Like we have immortal souls. You know, we are going to live for eternity and we hope with God. And that as much as sometimes, yeah, we can get ahead of ourselves following the cultural or even Catholic narratives of, hey, my life hasn't necessarily met these standards that I expected to in this timeline, realizing that this is just the beginning of the eternal story, our story with God. It is such a small portion of it, but everything here on earth is to draw us closer and closer to God so that by the time that he calls us to him, we're ready to jump in head first forever. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. Like, you know, you talk about writing a story. And I feel like this makes a perfect segue into what I'm about to ask you. You know, just earlier, you were mentioning how you have this heart and passion for sharing other people's stories. And I could tell that that's something that we could bond on and have a whole episode on its own. But I'm curious to know whether that was always a part of your life, you know, this curiosity for hearing other people's stories, talking to them and and ultimately sharing them in the way that you're doing now with Our Sunday Visitor and of course, Radiant Magazine. Yes, stories have always been a part of my life. I have to give a lot of credit to my mom. She'll be very embarrassed if she ever hears this, but she is one of the most amazing storytellers I've ever heard. And not telling even her own stories necessarily, but telling other people's stories. Mm. She actually works at a library and loves doing story time with the kids. And so growing up, my siblings and I were completely spoiled to have someone who was able to do voices for any character and any wow. book for however long we wanted her to read. And so I was always just drawn in with stories from a very young age. And even with that, I just had this desire to dive into stories in my own way, whether that was, you know, playing with dolls or even before I had dolls, I had this weird thing where I would play with candles and assign characters to them. And that was how I would entertain myself. And as I got older, you know, I just dove into reading and stories and novels. And that was how I spent pretty much every waking moment of my life. And eventually just having this desire to imitate what I had already seen a lot of times I have a hard time calling myself 
a creator because I feel like I'm just an imitator. And I don't necessarily say this out of like self-deprecation of like, oh, I'm only an imitator. I'm not that good. But I think as I've thought this through, it's more of realizing like God is the ultimate creator and anything I do is just revealing what he has already created in a new way or in a way that other people can see it in a new way. And so that's really been my journey with stories is realizing that nothing I create is ultimately new because God's already revealed it. I just need to show it in a new way. I ended up going to college for creative writing as my primary major, focused on fiction and nonfiction. And during those four years, I went in thinking fiction was going to be my thing. That's what I had always played with in high school and just any other fun writing I had ever done. Mm -hmm. And then I had a few nonfiction classes and my advisor was the nonfiction professor. And I just really learned that I liked telling my own stories Mm -hmm. that were just about me and my life. And I never really had thought before that I had much to say about myself. I didn't think I had an impressive life or that many interesting stories to tell. But through the classes I had, I really realized that that was false, that everyone has stories to tell. Some people are gifted with telling stories in a way that it makes it seem like they've had a very interesting life. And other people are really good at just looking at life and realizing the deeper truths that Mm -hmm. just come through the everyday. And so I really dove into nonfiction in that way. I ended up doing my thesis, my final project in fiction. I think the reason I did that was it was the easier decision to make because I couldn't (laughs) figure out what nonfiction I would want to focus on because there's so much. But about halfway through college, well, I went into college knowing that I wanted to go into editing. Mm -hmm. And I had actually had an interview for a scholarship. And I remember telling the people that were interviewing me, like they asked, why do you want to do editing? Usually people want to go into writing. And the reason was I wanted to help other people tell their stories. I wanted to be a part of the process of helping them share what's on their heart. I was able to get involved in like the the college newspaper on campus and a few of the other publications that we put out just helping with the editing side of things and a little bit of the writing. I kept just going down that path. And by the time I was a junior, senior in college, I just knew that I definitely wanted to go the path of editing, but I wanted to do it in a way that also related to my faith. A lot of people that do editing, you think book editing, or you think, you know, secular newspapers, both of which I just didn't think would be a right fit for me just because there's not that there isn't anything good about that, but I knew where I stood when it came to my faith. And I knew that my values and what I wanted, that what I had a passion for wouldn't often align with the secular press. And so I just really wanted a job within the Catholic church in some way or another. Didn't know what that was going to look like, but that's what I wanted. I figured, okay, God will make it happen if that's his will. So Mm -hmm. come my senior year of college, I really only applied to the job I have now. (laughs) Like I had one other very tiny application that this other press just needed someone right away. And so I couldn't fill it because I still had most like half my senior year of college to go. But in the spring of my senior year, I applied for the job at our Sunday visitor for the assistant editor position for the paper. I honestly, I thought I bombed the interview. I don't think I've ever told my boss that, but I thought I bombed it. (laughs) But then within two weeks, they had offered me the job. And two months later, I was moving a state away from where I grew up, two states away from where I went to college. To a place I didn't know anyone. Um, I had met my coworkers once when I quickly came out here to look for an apartment. So I actually had a place to live. And that was about it. 
But it was just one of those moments where God was obviously saying, yes, this is the path I want you to go down because this is where I want you to minister. And I couldn't have expected everything that has happened in the last two and a half years to happen at that time. It's been an abundance of God's goodness because I signed up for a job as an assistant editor for a Catholic newspaper. That was the flat out description, more or less. And I'm doing a lot more than that right now. And a lot of what I do is things that I wouldn't have, um, didn't even know I wanted to do. Mm, wow. That's incredible. And, you know, just praise God for you know, your own openness. And just to quickly talk shop for a moment, um, dear listeners, if you would bear with us, just as you were saying that, you know, most people do set out to be writers, but you had that very keen interest of being an editor. And at the moment that you said that, I was just like, you're right. You know, when I was growing up, I also loved writing. And for a period of time, like I wanted to, and I think there still is that desire in my heart to be an author and to write and to put out stories. You know, truth be told, I hate the editing process. You know, I hate editing my own stuff. But the moment that you said that you wanted to help people tell their stories and to really be part of that process, once you've described that, I'm like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And it's also a beautiful reflection of how God wants to work with us in a way, you know, that's just what it makes me think of is not that he wants to overwrite what we've written, but really it's like a guiding hand to help us maybe move the story along or, you know, it's like, oh, like I'm helping to reveal something new for you to see or new to discover. And that's, I'm sure what you do with a lot of the, the authors and the writers that you work with. So that is very cool. I really love that. Thanks. Yeah, that's, I love that reflection. It is very much how God works with us, where he's never telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. He's just always guiding us to be the better version of ourselves, the person that he has created us to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And so from there, you were working as the assistant editor for our Sunday visitor. How did Radiant Magazine come into your portfolio? Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting story because I didn't expect it to happen. It just kind of happened, I guess, is the short of it. As it does. As it does, as God likes to do with us. So I knew about Radiant when I was in college. I remember seeing just ads for it. And I was like, awesome, this is a Catholic women's magazine. Like, that's amazing. And then I got my job, moved to Indiana, realized that our Sunday visitor was in collaboration with Radiant. At that time, um, Rose Ray, who founded Radiant, she was working with us to do the publication side of things. So she did all the content and then we helped just publish it. And that's when it was a print magazine. And so I, when I started working on our Sunday visitor, the paper, I helped do a little bit of the editing for reading it, just kind of a quick last read before it kind of went to the press. And so I was just like kind of really overjoyed with that because more or less I was just getting to read fun things on the job and, you know, edit a little bit because they were pretty clean by the time they got to me. Then about, let's see, about a year after I moved there, Rose just discerned that her time with Radiant had passed and she gave us full ownership of Radiant. We also discerned at that time that us doing the print product just wasn't working. It wasn't working with our readership, that we needed to just focus on the online platform and go from there. So while we call Radiant an online magazine, you know, it still is very much a blog type format. But summer of 2019, my boss went on maternity leave and at the same time asked me and our in, our summer intern to just kind of keep reading it moving now that it was fully in our hands. 
And so um, myself and our intern, we just focused on the social media aspect of it, which hadn't had much activity in the months leading up to that time. That was kind of just me getting my feet wet of like, okay, what is already there? What do our readers want to hear? We kept pushing any of the content from the last print magazine online so that we had new content. And come fall of 2019, I had all these ideas (laughs) of what we could do with Radiant. And I brought it to my boss. At that time, we were thinking of hiring someone on to just keep Radiant going. And I was like, okay, I have this idea of what this person could do. These are some things that our readers seem to really like, not like, stuff like that. And I wasn't bold enough to ask, hey, would you be willing to entrust this to me, at least for a time, to see if I can just keep it going? But luckily, my boss is very perceptive and trusting. And she asked me if I would want to go on like a trial run of just being the editor for a few months and go from there. And it's been over a year now. And so come last fall, I started reaching out to some of our previous writers, other people that I had encountered. Our Sunday Visitor as a whole, as a company, OSV, publishes books as well. And so I know the book editors very well. They pointed me in the direction of a few other women that had written books for us. And so I was just all of a sudden just, you know, trying to reach out to a number of people, build up who could write for us. So over the last year, that's what I've been really doing is trying to get more writers, get more content figure out what is Radiant now that we're not just the print product, because making that transition from a print product to an online resource, you know, there's obviously a a difference, first of all, in who we can reach and what that means for the type of content we can put out. And so there's definitely been an adjustment over the last year, not only of me just trying to figure out what I'm doing because it just beautifully landed in my lap, but also trying to figure out, okay, what do women need? What do they need to hear? Mm -hmm. What stories do they want to hear to inspire them, to encourage them? What narratives are they hearing in the culture, both secular culture and even church culture, that, you know, are good or might need to be reframed? I've been just really grateful for all the women that have said yes to writing in the last year, and especially those who reached out to me directly and being like, hey, I have heard about writing. I would love to contribute because some of those have been just spot on the people that we needed. So yeah, God's been so good. I didn't ask for any of this really. I knew based on what I liked writing about when it came to faith. And I had started doing that right around the same time that Radiant transitioned to be solely a part of Our Sunday Visitor. Around that time, I was also just starting to write more articles for Our Sunday Visitor, the paper. And so between that and other things I had just written on my own time, I've definitely found just my love for young adults and young adult women and the struggles that we face and the joys that we face. That's just moved so beautifully into my ministry with Radiant of sharing these stories, helping other women share their stories, because the narratives that we hear in our culture, Mm -hmm. they're not always false, but often they're twisted just off enough. Even in Catholic culture, I know I talked earlier with my, when I came to my faith journey, how this struggle of recognizing my idols in my relationships with people, Mm -hmm. um, even just friendships and how we tend to just idolize so much in our world and how that takes away our focus from God or doesn't help us to invest in those relationships that are beautiful in the way that we're called to. And so that's what I see a lot with Radiant of just speaking the truth of what is the most important thing in our life? It has to be God. 
but it's not just out of a, you know, well, I want to get to heaven. I want this nice reward. It's no, we need to know him as a person. And how does that transform our lives? How does that transform our relationships? How does that transform how we view the world? So that's what I get to do with Radiant. That's what a lot of the women touch on, even if it's not directly talking about that. A lot of the themes, they just kind of all come from that perspective of where are we hurting? Where are we joyful? And what does that look like as Catholic women? That's so beautiful. And, you know, having read some of the you know, many pieces that have come out from just a diversity of voices, one thing does remain is how do we come to know Jesus as a person and not just, you know, an imaginary figure in the sky or a historical figure who lived way beyond the time that we're in right now? How do we look at him as someone who is just as relevant now as he was? 2000 years ago when he was walking the face of the earth. So it's really incredible. And given the fact that now Radiance obviously has a a very big online presence and you all have a wonderful Instagram account and, you know, you're doing so much on social, what has the response been now that you're able to reach a lot more people and maybe even a diverse cross section of people, not just in the United States, but all over? Yeah, it's really interesting because since I came in after we had ceased being a print product, I came in when there was a lot of changes happening. And so we've definitely had people reaching out being like, oh, I miss the print magazine. It's like, yeah, we get that. We completely (laughs) understand. But it's been really nice to be able to interact with people a bit more, um, whether that's directly on social media or through the newsletter um, that we put out just easier to figure out what do they want. There's a quicker response time, I guess you could say, to get feedback of does this topic relate to people? Does this not? I remember when I first started, what I thought was going to be the more popular topic was relationships, whether that's friendships, romantic relationships, discernment, all of that. And I found very quickly that everyone's like, I'm done with that. I've heard (laughs) enough. Don't talk about discernment. I get that everywhere else. And I think that was just really interesting because it's not what I expected. Mm. And so it's been really nice to have that quicker response time of seeing, okay, what are people engaging in? What do they really want to hear? What inspires them to strive for more? That's like the quirk and the blessing of social media. Sometimes you're like, okay, I thought that was going to, people were really going to like that. And then it doesn't. And then sometimes you're really surprised. It's like, wait, it was that post or that article that everyone really loved. Awesome. Praise God. And so it's been a huge learning curve for me because I didn't have necessarily the direct experience going into it. I've just been learning as I've been doing it all between the women who interact with us on social media and the women who come forward saying, these are the stories I want to tell. The consistent themes that come up with that are really beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you know, like having that opportunity to work with those people, it's real voices and it's real stories. And I think that that's what's so special and unique about publications such as Radiance, where we're able to not only engage with those real stories, but then like you're saying, you're able to engage with people as they're reading them, as they come across it and hear what it is that stands out for them or what it is that strikes them or moves them. And there's a great sense of community and power that can come from that. 
So it's just exciting to watch unfold. And it really just goes to show the power and the strength of media, especially when it is used for good. Mm-hmm. I would completely agree. Yeah. I can imagine that sometimes a lot of people in general, both men and women, may sometimes feel like they have a story that they want to tell or they have something that's on their heart, but they may feel like because they don't have a certain platform or expertise, or even they may feel like, well, I'm just an ordinary person. Like what story could I possibly have to tell? Or why would people want to listen to me? What encouragement do you have for people who may want to share their story, but are maybe afraid to take that first step to do so in whatever platform it might be? Yeah, I think the first thing is realizing that just as humans, we all are people of story. We experience that in different ways, but the fact that the story of creation, the story of salvation is all like given to us in this story context within scripture and the stories that we have passed down through generations and our family, like we live through stories. So everyone has a story. Everyone is living their story. I think the big thing to recognize is just because everyone has a story to tell doesn't mean everyone has to tell their story the same way, whether that's different mediums. So like I'm a writer, I'm an editor. Those are the ways that I communicate with people and tell my story. Also heart to heart conversations with friends that is telling your story. Photography, that's a story. Even giving of yourself in other jobs, such as being a nurse or a doctor, you're showing the story of life, you know, Mm. through your actions in that way. There's so many ways to tell your story, the story that God has put in your heart, because it all comes from what you're passionate about and the truth that God has revealed to you. And those go hand in hand. Yeah. You don't have to tell your story the way that you see everyone else doing it. I think that's something that can, we can really easily fall into with comparison, especially with social media, as good as it can be. Comparison is a big struggle. But even if you're only telling your story to God, that's also telling your story. Even if that's just bringing to God your day or your passions, your dreams, looking back on your life and journaling and trying to figure out, you know, what were those themes of those struggles All of that is your story. And maybe he'll ask you to share it in some way down the road. Maybe you're just not called to share it right now. But growing in self-knowledge and learning to understand your story and own it and realize that God is asking you to take initiative with your story, I think that's where to start. Just again, acknowledge that you have a story that your story is unique because God has created you uniquely, that you don't have to share it in the way that everyone else shares it, that you don't have to follow the narratives that everyone else follows because we're unique. Thank you. Yeah, that's such good encouragement. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And just to reiterate to how unique we all are and how different we all are. So because we were created so uniquely, you know, we would be remiss if we tried to really copy or take after someone just because we see that that's how one person is successful at it. But who knows, like God might be calling us to do something entirely different. And that's okay, too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. So maybe just as we 
kind of wrap up here, like obviously you have this wonderful opportunity to work with and help to tell the stories of so many different women. And it's it's so clear that, you know, you spoke of self-knowledge. So, you know, in your own journey, you were able to grow as a woman of God and grow in that relationship with him. And I would love to hear your own reflection on your personal feminine genius and how you've seen that grow and develop through the work that you do, as well as your own faith journey. Yeah, so I think the word that comes to mind is nurturing. I am not married, I'm not a mother, but I've, within my friend groups, and I think even within my mission now, I have a position where I've always been able to be there for others. In my friend groups, I was always dubbed the mom of the group, and people (laughs) always just kind of came to me to tell me their struggles, what was going on in their heart, in their life. And I loved that. And I, you know, I hope I was able to help them in those times. And I definitely see that through my writing, um, whether that's the direct connection I have with the women who write for Radiant, whether that's being able to engage with the women who follow Radiant, even just like praying for them, just being able to have this nurturing presence to help them recognize that God loves them, that because like there's a safety in that, helping them again, recognize their own stories, recognize that they're not alone in their own story. I think a lot of times we fall into isolation so easily now because of comparison. I think that's a huge factor into it. We see everyone else living one way. And Mm -hmm. when we don't fall into that pristine narrative, we feel like we're doing something wrong. Instead of realizing that, no, like your story is beautiful. And God has something so beyond what you can expect for the rest of your life. He is the divine creator. He knows knows what he's doing. And so just like nurturing the women that I either work with as an editor for Radiant, or even the opportunities that I've had in my own young adult community here in Fort Wayne of my relationships with other women, with young adults, even at my parish, being able to share something I've written that resonates with other people and discussing it has been a joy to just encourage people to go deeper in their faith, to accept what God has put on their heart and to recognize that unique call, even if it's just, you know, the unique call for today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ava, I just want to thank you for being able to be that witness and be that real like guiding hand and nurturing different women and different people that you come across, whether it is within your mission and ministry with Radiant and our Sunday visitor, or, you know, just the people that you meet. So again, I thank you for coming on and for sharing a bit of your story. It was just such a pleasure to connect with you. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's been a lot of fun. I will, again, I'm obviously passionate about stories. So I was grateful to share a little bit of mine. Thank you. And Eva, would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for how infinitely creative you are. You have asked us to reveal your goodness in our own lives in unique ways. You have all given us a passion, a mission, a dream of how to reveal you to others and how to come to know you more deeply. I just ask that 
you bless anyone who is listening to this, that you just encourage them to step into the mission that you have set before them, that you invite them into a deeper relationship with you above all things. Lord, I just thank you again for your creativity with everyone that you have placed on this earth. And I ask Mother Mary to just intercede for us always, just bringing her nurturing presence to us, guiding us closer to her son so we may be with him forever in eternity. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again, Ava. It was a pleasure to meet you and chat with you today. Thank you, Rachel. It was so much fun. My thanks again to Ava Lawler for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. As mentioned, Ava is the editor of Radiant Magazine, a ministry of Our Sunday Visitor. You can read some of the incredible stories and writings of other Catholic women by checking out their website, radiantmagazine.com. Be sure to also sign up for their weekly newsletter for a roundup of great Catholic women's content to inspire you. Finally, you can follow them on social media for daily inspiration. They're at Radiant underscore Mag on Instagram and Twitter and Radiant Magazine on Facebook. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.